Oh, it was a full-on emotional roller coaster. Eh? Even all of yesterday, I wasn't really sure how I was feeling. There's a lot of pride in the performance. I, I felt really proud of that effort. I just felt like the guys really did give that everything. And, um, there was obviously a lot of disappointment as well that they couldn't quite get across the line. But um, yeah, I think the overwhelming thing, and I think that's across the whole country really, is just um, really proud of that effort and how close they got considering the circumstances and um, you could see um, the effort that went in there and that's really all you can ask sometimes. The the thing for me was, like, yes, as rugby fans and New Zealanders, we were disappointed, but it would only be 5% compared to the likes of Artie, Sam, Brody, uh, Aaron Smith, all these guys that are leaving the, the massive amount of coaching and backroom staff, they are all leaving as well. I, ca- I can't even imagine how they would have felt. Yeah, it would have been interesting to be in the shed. And, um, I'm sure there was a few um, cares shared and a few stories told. And um, yeah, it's always an emotional time when you're moving on and you don't know really what's next. And obviously, a lot of them have had massive, played a massive part in that black jersey and the success of it. So um, yeah, I'm sure all, they're all feeling all sorts of different emotions. And I think the thing from what I've seen around the traps is, like, as New Zealanders, we love to play the blame game. And it looks like it's Wayne Barnes and the TMO and all of that. But uh, I think it's the next level up that Wayne Barnes and the TMO have been given the toolbox that they have to build a game with. And the, the equipment's wrong, isn't it? 100%. I, I agree with you. People do love to play that blame game. And I see Barnes is copying it. But, like, the the fact is that he is the best ref mm. in our game. So um, you're right, it's not an issue with um, him or all the team. They're, they're purely doing what they've been told. And I've been saying it for a while. I think it's, I just think it's wrong to have so much influence from a TMO. I personally would rather see um, more decisions wrong and live with that than have to stop and start. I, I just hate the fact that. You, we miss moments, some of the best moments in the sport, like Aaron Smith's try from that Richie Mwanga um, play, play you won't see too often in a rugby world cup to be taken away, and you miss that opportunity because of a, a minor knock on um, how many phases back. It's just that's the thing that really breaks me the, the stop start of it. Um, I'd love to see them use the TMO for. Purely tries or purely um, foul play, and that's only if um, the referee sends it up. So he wouldn't have sent it up for that one, I wouldn't imagine, because he thought it was a clear try, and those are the ones you sort of want to celebrate. How do you watch those games, Jimmy? Obviously, you had a longish career playing, um, and you're making a big fist of it in coaching now. Do you have a coach's hat on, a player's hat on, or a fan hat? Games like that, I... I purely try and have my fan hat on. I'll go back. I'm heading into the office now to, to go re-watch it as a, as a coach and see um, if there's anything that I can pick up or learn from the way both the sides are playing. But in the moment, I try not to have my coach's hat on. I just try and enjoy that as a fan and, um, yeah, really try and enjoy that experience with kids on the couch Um Ask me all sorts of questions around the referee, but <laughs> as we all are. <laughs> how, how did how did Africa get it done? I think purely they played the conditions really well. They they knew they didn't want to play with the ball too much, 
Um, they had their kicking game, which was really strong, and I felt like we struggled there. Um, we put a lot of those down. Um, we probably weren't as safe as we needed to be in that backfield with the pressure that was going to come on. Um, and then they just backed their defense, and man, they just hit so hard, like step the toy. Some of those collisions was were um, absolutely incredible, um, and they, and they just did it like they they went up in threes. They, um, you know, it's one of those ones that could have easily gone e- either way, but um, they definitely played the percentages, and um, yeah, got there in the end. And we just our our backline just didn't look crisp. The passes weren't you know, bang in the bread basket. They were reaching or stooping to catch our ball, uh, which allowed that defence to get in our face. We really couldn't construct much, could we? Yeah, and I guess that's what South Africa relied on because they, they obviously bring a lot of line speed. So they put your skill set under so much pressure. And in those conditions, it's really hard to do. I do love the fact that the All Blacks still tried to play. They were trying to create. They created a few opportunities, um, didn't quite nail as many as they could have or potentially should have. But, um, yeah, I, I love their mindset, how they're still trying to play in those conditions, in the on the big stage, under that sort of line speed pressure, because um, they could have easily just tried to go to a um, kick-to-kick battle. But, um, yeah, they played more than probably uh, I expected. You've been in the coaching game a few years now, Jimmy. I've come out of this World Cup with... Um, this might fly in the face of a few people with so much admiration for Ian Foster with the amount of crap that's been slung his way in the last 12 months and he's always maintained his poise. Maybe he got a little bit out of shape in sort of, I think it was about February when they announced Razor was going to be taking over after the World Cup and he came out and he said, I don't think that's the right thing. Not the appointment, but the process wasn't the right thing to do. He's always maintained professionalism and dignity, and he's got a group of men that want to play him. From a coaching perspective, what's your take on Ian Foster, and particularly in the last 12 months? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, you, you've got to admire the guy. Like The heat that he's been under um, has been unfair at times, and um, talking to the players, they all really love him as a coach. Um, and it's been quite cool getting a bit of an insight in, on some of that um, New Zealand Plus, uh, New Zealand Rugby Plus, or whatever it is, some of those documentaries where you really see a bit more on that inside and um, you hear him speak and what it means and hear him get emotional and um, you know how passionate he is about that black jersey. And um, yeah, I'm not sure about, I'm with him, how it was all handled probably wasn't right. He's done a heck of a job to get us to a Rugby World Cup final and um, yeah, I'm sure he's one of those guys in the shed too, um, feeling all sorts of emotions right now around um, what's next. And that's such an awesome time. He's, he's in that black, um, all black squad environment for a very long time and had a lot of success. So, um, yeah, as a budding coach, I got a lot of um, admiration for him. And finally, Jimmy, talking to James Marshall, uh, Crusaders coach. We're saying goodbye, I think it was to seven of the 23 involved in that World Cup final yesterday morning. That is a a big, big hole. Um, Every forest needs to be replanted. Have we got the trees to have a good another four-year cycle in your view? Yeah, 100%. Um, I feel like there is so much talent around and um, a lot of guys just waiting for an opportunity. It's going to be the same with all... 
World Cup squads, I'd imagine. I looked at that South African lineup. I think there's only two guys sort of under 29. But there's not going to be many guys who um, won't be like won't be moving on in a, a lot of these teams or will make to that next World Cup. Um, a lot of the teams I felt went for a really experienced side. Um, so yeah, I think New Zealand's in a really strong place. There's lots of young, good kids coming through. Um, and they've got, yeah, that next four-year cycle under. What's going to be, a bit, I'm excited to see the next coaching group as well. Like, um, I've worked, worked quite closely with a lot of them and probably the five of the best coaches that I've worked with personally all in um, one group together. So really looking forward to seeing how they all work together and, um, yeah, build for that next four-year cycle. Have you had a phone call from the Wallabies yet with the news uh, Eddie Jones is gone? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, like that, we speak about how our one's been dealt with, like it's been an absolute um, shambles over there, hasn't it? It's, um, it's been pretty sad to watch, really, like um, I was gutted for Dave Rennie at the time when he was let go after building, which I thought was quite nicely, to his planned World Cup, and then for that to be taken away, and then Eddie to come in and do what he did was, was a real shame to see, and, and now he's gone, ah. Oh, not sure what's next for them over there, but um, hopefully they get it sorted because, yeah, we really need them to have a big four years too, obviously hosting the World Cup and our super rugby allies. Um, yeah, it'd be awesome if Australia rugby can be strong again. Maybe Fozzie to the green and gold. Oh, imagine that, Fozzie and Shag. <laughs> oh. Carnage. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. No, Jimmy, uh, great to chat, mate. Thanks for pulling over on your way to do your um, video analysis. You're a very hardworking man. Um, good on you, buddy. Good to chat. I appreciate it, mate. Always good to chat.